Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of An Author's Kiss right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Renee West. Death by Chaos. <laughs> mm, that sounds rather intriguing, doesn't it? It's a new novel, a mystery that she's uh, uh, written that explores not just secrets, but covers up and murder, but it also examines an era where and place where women who were beautiful and intelligent thought they had to be perfect in order to succeed. Kind of sounds like today. <laughs> uh, these diverse women who may not have been friends in college if they weren't fresh together as roommates had to um, comfort each other in midlife crisis moment in order to confront the past and move forward to the presence. Readers are likely to recognize pieces of themselves in this story. Mm -hmm. uh, the novel is about Tasha, Elizabeth, Dawn and Miranda, where the undisputed goddess of the Southern California Liberal Arts College in the 1970s, with distinct talents, beauty and accomplishment, each goddess appeared disdained to be forever traveling on that path called the charmed life. But in a tragic twist of fate, a student is found murdered on campus and just before graduation. Suspicion falls in the mist and one of them goes missing. Destinies are changed forever. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love a good mystery. I love a good whodunit. I love things that unravel as they go. Welcome to the show, love. Well, thank you. You did that so well. So well. You're you're fun. You're a lot of fun. <laughs> Life is about fun, especially amongst murder and chaos, yes. right? You know, and I will definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, you know, you've written this kind of based in the 70s, which was my era, and you know, peace and love and far out and all of that. Mm. But you know, uh Murder doesn't escape us at any time. And, you know, trying to be perfect and fit into the perfect image is in 2021. It's still something we are battling because mm -hmm. it's somebody else's perception of what perfect should be and not just feeling beautifully, imperfectly perfect within ourselves. So there lies a trap right there and then. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the conflicts of just being a beautiful woman. Death by chaos. Well, life is also by chaos as well, which can lead to the death by chaos. But what was with the title? Why did you bring up that title? Well, the idea was I wanted, I took a drama class in college. And I remember I loved this professor, one of the best I had. He always said, look at the title of the play. There's some hidden meaning. Mm. There's some reason that should be a motivation. And I was just thinking, what is this all about? I came up through, oh, like every writer, a ton of titles. Mm -hmm. And then I realized it was a chaotic person in a chaotic situation that created this death. Mm -hmm. I mean, this death could have been easily prevented had decisions been made in different directions. I don't want to give any spoiler alert, but there wasn't a lot of premeditation to do harm. Mm -hmm. It was just 
you know, everybody made decisions that <laughs> led to this very chaotic moment. And then it was chaos afterwards. Mm -hmm. So the word chaos is for me a very um, important, very significant word in the whole story. And that's, it basically sums it up. Uh, there was a death because of a lot of chaos, a lot of chaotic thinking and decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, we're always seeking balance out of chaos, right? Oh, Order yes. out of chaos. And, but chaos is a way of shaking things up in order to get to reveal. Yes. So you know, every murder is kind of chaotic uh, because you're trying to reveal why was the murder the mm -hmm. who did the murder so you're trying to find the order in it um but throwing people into a chaotic state of mind right is you know i mean that's where the the truth of a person really comes out isn't it yes yes and uh, my um main character as you um may have mentioned who knows quite a bit about that night but keeps a secret for many reasons one as a favor to another and one for her own selfish reason mm -hmm. uh, she's a lovely person but she's basically a very selfish person mm -hmm. and she has a lot to lose if she reveals too much and but at some point she realizes it needs to come out yeah and in doing so you know over a 20-year period through all this chaos she goes on a on a search I like to say she's looking for all the pieces of the puzzles. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of the pieces. She knows where some of them are, but she knows there are missing pieces. And she also knows that there are people who do not want this mm -hmm. solved, who do not want the pieces found. They have their own selfish reasons. And so, but in the end, a lot of, and I won't say good things, but a lot of the important things come out things that should come out mm -hmm. the truth yeah. will always come out right yes. you, can, you can only suppress it for so long and then yeah. you know it's it has to come to the surface um why the 70s i mean it's a groovy time but well one it was my era <laughs> it was and a good era it was a fun era <laughs> yes. and i embraced what I call this, well, not what I, but history calls the second wave of feminism, mm. which was led by such icon as Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan and many others. And it was an exciting time to be a young woman. We were being told, mm. hey, there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of new ways to think. There's a lot of things you can do. Plus, with Woodstock and everything else, we had the summer of love, the pill was now available. Mm -hmm. So there was a new freedom with our body and sexuality. Yet at the same time, we had all been raised by what I like to call the June Cleavers <laughs> of the Leva to Beaver era, Yes, which meant I know I was constantly in conflict as were many of my friends. Wow, look at this new opportunity. Oh, but girl, good girls don't do that. Mm -hmm. And oh, but that's that's old fashioned. Oh, but good girls don't do that. And there was definitely, I would say, a lot of internal debates going on. But I'm proud to say, I think we navigated new territory for a lot of young women. Mm -hmm. I find many of them don't have, I know there's still issues. 
and we still have a ways to go. But I really think we opened a lot of doors for uh, women, for future generations during that era. Yes. Uh, you know, we were the soldiers. <laughs> we were, we were. And, and I lived a, a great deal of it in South Africa at that time and yeah. a, very, a very misogynistic country at that <laughs> yeah. time. And, you know, in work and in, in play and everything. And, and it was a challenge to be seen and to be heard and to, to be treated as yeah. equal, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we had to fight for that. Yeah. But and you, mm -hmm. and you mentioned being perfect. Yeah, I think it wasn't enough for women, let's say, to become a lawyer mm -hmm. or to go into politicians or to do a pilot, something that had been traditionally male. Mm -hmm. She had to be so much better yeah. than her male counterparts for her to be taken seriously or to society view, yes, women can do this. And so I think, and not only did she have to be perfect in her job, she had to be the perfect mother to show the world that women could be working mothers. Yes. So I think, um, especially one of my characters, the idea of having to be perfect wasn't just for herself, but she felt she needed to do it for all the other women and future generations. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but it's also perfection is, yeah. you know, what it is to one person is something totally different to another. You are never, ever going to live up to everybody's expectations. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, a, a false illusion because, you know, here you think you've got it down and then somebody <laughs> says, no, you yeah. ain't perfect. And, and it's that internal conflict all the time. So, you know, trying to break the mold and push out and be st stand up and be seen at the same time with that inner conflict going on. Well, I'm just trying to please everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can understand why there would be chaos in this book, because yes. it's that era where the push and pull. I want liberation. I want my voice out there. I want to stand up at the same time at the back of thing. But you go, don't do that. You weren't brought up that way. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, uh, who do you think you are? Men rule. You know, so. Yeah. The, the, there is already kind of some chaos already going in on that era, wasn't there? Definitely, def, definitely. And I hate to say this, but there was also, for women, you still wanted romance. Yes. And many men at that time were still a little reluctant to date or be involved with a woman who was a feminist yes and so there was do i downplay my political thoughts because i really want to go out with this guy <laughs> as i said it, it was fun i would do it all over again it was fun well, especially but with definitely... what we know now yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'd probably do some things differently yeah exactly exactly so yeah. you know the 70s obviously you know time of of not just thought liberation and liberation of of you know of of women and jobs and everything else uh you know you had the fashion liberation as well that was going yeah. on and uh, it, it, some of the fashion was terrible i <laughs> like <laughs> what were we thinking you oh, know yeah. <laughs> you know um i like the hippie chic but um you know some of the stuff was just like so dowdy for uh, for a while uh, it was the time of kind of the Dallas input and the dynasty kind of input in the oh, sense yeah. of lifestyle, right? Oh, and, yes. And, and so, I love both those shows. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that was kind of the, kind of painting, because I remember in South Africa, when, um, I think it was Dallas or Dynasty, one or the other, they actually had to put on movies and plays later at night 
because everybody was glued to their TV watching oh. this because we only had two channels, one Afrikaans, one English, oh. and they alternated days. And mm. so people were hungry for it and they were just in awe of these rich people with their lifestyle oh. and everything else. And you that's know, what we saw. So that's what we thought we had to do. That's what we thought. You know, definitely. nobody um, played the nighttime villainess like Joan Carlin. Oh, God, yes. She set the bar. And there have been others I, who have okay. done a good job. But in my opinion, she established that character and she still owns it. Yes. Alexa Carrington. Oh, my God. I mean, oh. the ultimate classic classy bitch oh she was yes, <laughs> yes. yes. nobody is able yeah. to do it with such class like she did <laughs> oh oh <laughs> it's such about it yeah, yeah. and you know she, she was the, the the cat with the long nails but at the same oh, time yeah. purring underneath it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and still had people falling all over her doing everything she wanted so because that's oh. that was that was her allure um and those were the kind of villainous but you know, as you said, it, it was kind of the women's lib time too, where we weren't quite burning our bras. That was the 60s. We didn't even wear bras, I don't think, in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was that time we we're pushing forward, you know, in our own liberation, but still trying to, to kind of be heard or be seen or be anything else was still difficult. So in a case of keeping secrets, the repercussions of revealing those secrets and the domino effect, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the beginning is always, well, it's best that I keep the secret because of the domino effect. But then as the years go by and it eats away at you and it's eaten away at your life and your choices and your, the way you live, then those secrets all of a sudden become your cancer. Yes. You have to reveal it. It, it definitely. And I'm not against keeping secrets per se. I think sometimes how and when you reveal yeah. is important. Um, but at the same time, when you are on top of some very knowledgeable, important information, it, it I think it, it is a cancer because at first you're keeping it a secret for maybe for your own selfish reason. And then later on, you think maybe I should reveal it. But then you have the double whammy. Mm -hmm. Boy, am I going to look like a jerk because yeah. I didn't reveal it a year mm -hmm. ago. I mean, I'm I'm a Dateline junkie. I don't you know, I don't know if you know that TV yeah. show, The Dateline Junkie. I can't believe how many times two years after this death, they get a phone call and somebody says, I want to talk with you. And of course, my first reaction is, well, why didn't they make that phone call two years ago? Yeah. You know, but they probably for whatever reason. And so I think, you know, you know, you have to come out. Yes. But now you then, now you have, you're starting to think of plans and lies to justify yes. your not coming out any sooner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so now you have that double whammy of eating inside of you. Yeah. And yeah. The guilt. So, the, the guilt. There, there's a lot of guilt. Yeah. Definitely. And it can eat away, right? It can yeah. totally eat away because then it's the justification for what you did and the guilt for what you did. And then obviously if there's been a murder and you knew something about it, then the parents sorrow uh, oh, yeah. of, of never, you know, never knowing what's happened or anything else. And it's like, you know, it's what sometimes can start off as a simple lie or a mistruth suddenly starts gaining weight 
and layers yes. and more and more weight. And then next thing you know, it's just blown out of proportion. And as you said, whichever way you come out with the truth, you're looking guilty for holding it back. Oh, oh definitely. And all of a sudden, it's more about you than the situation, more about you than it should have been. Yeah. Yes. Right in the beginning, right in the beginning. Definitely. Why do you think that people do withhold information? I mean, sometimes it's, I don't want to be involved. I don't want repercussions. Um, you know, I don't want somebody coming after me because I was witnessing. Um, but sometimes it's just that they just don't think anybody will believe them. I mean, I all of all of the reasons, um, usually I think it's selfish reasons. And I'm not saying... Th- a person's a bad person, mm-hmm. but it could be one. I don't want to get involved because if they start checking me out about this, mm. they're going to find out I smoke a lot of weed, which has yeah. nothing to do with this. Right. But now I'm going to be on their radar for yeah. smoking weed or um, the idea like I was someplace I shouldn't have yeah. been. With Maybe. someone I shouldn't have been. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Um, okay, now how do I explain that to my spouse, my boyfriend or something, or my children? Um, so there are those reasons. Then there's, I think, the idea of not wanting to get involved or uh, or maybe fear. Yeah. I know, you know, there's a lot of times, please say we can protect you, but mm. personally, I would always, uh, you know, I'm not sure you really can if it was a person who was bad enough. And then sometimes I do think there is, and we're guilty about this, oh, somebody else is going to take care of that. Right. Oh, right. You know, I saw this, so did that person. Yeah. Surely somebody's somebody going else to call the up. police. Yeah. Yeah. The police doesn't want to be overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but, uh, I, I, I have to admit, I personally, if I'm driving along more than once in my life, it's only happened twice, where I see a man and a woman having a physical altercation on the side of the road, I have called 911 and said, um, such and such by such and such, you know, exit, there's this going on. I never, I don't know what has happened afterwards, right. but I at least will do that. At least it's now, smarter than me because I would get in between them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're to good. Duck. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like going at each other. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, and then I think part of it too is, you know, um, sometimes if you do see an altercation and these people are bigger and maybe there's weapons yes. involved, just how involved do you get? Well, and I mean, so, in today's world yeah. too, what weapon do they have? Yes. As guns seem to be, you know, uh, have more rights than life. You know, yeah. everybody has a gun um, and uh, you never know when it's going to be bought out. Oh, my goodness. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, yes, definitely frightening. So you need actually kind of anonymous hotline where somebody can say, I witnessed this. I saw this, but mm-hmm. not, not give their information. And then that way, at least you get a break in the case. Definitely. As I said, whenever I watch Dateline and somebody shows up and it's one thing when somebody says, I didn't think about it then, or I was going through old pictures and I mm. saw, that's one thing. But when somebody has held on to that information, yeah. I thought they could have at least reported it anonymously. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be judgmental, but I'm, 
but I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know it, it's justice needs to prevail, and if you're holding yeah. justice back, now why are why are your uh, group of ladies called goddesses? Well, a couple of reasons. One, that's a term me and my girlfriends use quite a bit with each other. It's a, a compliment of being an outstanding, um, just woman. an outstanding, amazing woman. Yes. Second of all. I'm a lover of Greek mythology, mm. one of my loves. And the one thing I have noticed about Greek mythology that's, a, I don't want to say annoying to me, but a little, the goddesses always seem to be adversaries. Mm. They don't seem to get along. And I thought it would be kind of fun to create women who are sort of modern version of goddesses. But in this case, they become good friends. They become a support system. Mm -hmm. They empower each other. They're there for each other. And they really are. They definitely become more powerful because they're there mm -hmm. for each other. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely, and, you know, even though we, we talk about dynasty, even though we love that, what's it, Crystal and Alexis yes, yes. conflict, it was fun, but so often in older TV shows, you had the women not getting along. There was usually like a pretty one who didn't get along with the ugly one and stuff like that. So it's important to me to some extent in my stories that while there might be conflict, I really want to emphasize female friendship yeah. and the power of it. Yes. And so, Which, yeah. yeah. So it's and, we all yeah. really all live in right now, right? Mm -hmm. that, that sisterhood and supporting one another. It's not about comparison or competitiveness, yes. right? It is e about exactly. collaboration, coming together, compassion for one another. That's really important. So I'm glad you've brought that sisterhood into the mm -hmm. into the picture. Um, we need that. We need people that we, you know, it, you, you know, you talk. It's 20 years later, and, and there's a reunion, but you know, there's then the sharing of all the midlife crises and everybody that has mm. gone through. I think once you've had that sisterhood, it's hard to lose it, isn't it? You kind of, at that time of crisis, you want to be there for one another. Yes. But, you know, um, I've never gone to a reunion because um, I, I went to school in a couple of different countries and they didn't have anything like that. But I know that some people just go completely bananas about that reunion, the way they look, you oh, know, yes. making sure that they're, I'm successful, my marriage is wonderful, even though they're on the brink of divorce, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, they've gone on lost weight. Oh, yes, I always look like this, you know, um, and uh, sorry, something weird has come oh. up. Okay. So a reunion. Um, the illusion, you know, mm -hmm. everybody wanting to look good, but is this the first time that they've kind of seen each other since then? And is this, you know, kind of sparks a few memories? No, but it is a significant one. The, um, the main characters do retain a friendship and a lot of interaction throughout the years, but you know, even though they're into female empowerment and everything, there's still a little competitive and especially one of them always likes showing up being sensational at at a reunion they did have their 10-year reunion now they're coming to their 20-year reunion and they're they're still wanting to look nice and they still want to look successful but 
they are going through their midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. So they're a little, each one of them's a little down on themselves. They're not sure they're bringing their best selves to the reunion and they're trying to, you know, build each other up. Plus the idea of what happened their senior year is still weighing on them. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the fact that one of them is working to get everything out. So she has the reunion plus the idea of trying to find all the pieces of this puzzle and finally getting it out there. And so, but um, it is true about reunions. People do start going on diets. They start, you know, getting their hair color, everything else. They, it's almost like they want to go and you love me then you still love me now, or you didn't love me then, but look what you missed out on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, impress, you know, look how impressive I am. Yes. Yeah. Kind of the peacock syndrome, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, that you don't need a reunion for that. You know, if, you know, if, if you've got people who have weddings and, you know, they, they turn up with, you know, look at me and try and outdo the bride and all of that, you know, not oh, the time definitely. and place, folks, not the time and yes. place. But which I always find to me, that's one of the ultimate sins. You never upstage the bride. But exactly. that's just me. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I totally agree. I actually remember going to one wedding and one girl turned up. It was in the 70s. She was wearing hot pants and a tank top and she looked like she'd just been sunbathing and turned up for the wedding and then, and then kind of proceeded to be kind of all sexual over the groom. <laughs> yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. No, darling. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. but anyway, whatever that story was. Oh, that's um, a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, back in the 70s too, when you watched shows and things like this, you know, um, misogyny was very, very high and then women kind of the bitchiness, you know, mm-hmm. to compete and all of that. <laughs> the big shoulders, that was the 90s. Oh God, what were we thinking then? <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it was a lot of, um, we went from the 70s kind of the no makeup and the, the freedom and all of that. And then we mm-hmm. went into the heavy makeup. And, and the hair. Oh God, the hair, honestly. Oh, the hairspray. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the damage that we did to hair mm. with that and the perms. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> we went from kind of au natural to very synthetic. And, uh, you know, when you look at that uh, synthetic way of life, you know, you're, you've set this in the 70s, but the 20 years later, I'm assuming is the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so the 90s kind of demanded something different of us, didn't it? You know, we were looking yes. at the powerhouse women coming out, you know, the women making a difference, but they were still wearing the trouser suit, which I think if women powerment go in your divine, beautiful dress and show them you are a woman in power, not yes. a woman dressing as a man to be in power, which we were still <laughs> caught up in that uh, in that state of being for a while. But coming into the 90s, we were also then looking at TV being really prevalent. We were looking at the shows of America's Most Wanted. We were looking at all of, you know, crime shows and things like that. Do you think that played into your characters with those type of shows being up on the air and kind of maybe playing into the guilt a bit? I think they definitely affected me. Now, you have to realize I'm not a violent person. I don't like horror films. Um, there's a lot of Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese movies I cannot watch. Mm-hmm. They're too violent. But ironically, 
I do like these crime shows. Mm. And what I finally, I had to do some self-examination. And what I found I liked about it is they're like jigsaw puzzles to me. I'm not that into the crime. I'm into a person putting the pieces together. And I love the stories of how somebody just happens to go, oh, nobody noticed that before. And that creates the wave to conclusion. Yeah. You know, I, I find of uh, I find that fascinating. And what I also like about a lot of these shows is most of the time, now, like America Most Wanted, a lot of times they're still looking for that person. Yeah. Um, but I like, like the CSI shows, Criminal Minds. Yeah. Usually by the end of the hour, it was resolved. We had a conclusion. We knew the answer. And I kind of, I kind of like the beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm not, even though I watch them, I'm not big on a lot of these family dramas because mm-hmm. it's like goes on and on. Okay. I feel bad. It's so okay, much you had, drama. Where's the joy? Where's the joy? Okay. <laughs> yeah. This person just had a miscarriage yeah. and now she has cancer yeah. and now they're going bankrupt. And it's yeah. like, can they not get a break? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is reflecting my life too much. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, so I do kind of like the beginning, the middle, and there's a conclusion. And there is a part of me that the bad guy gets it. The bad guy gets the whatever. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, even though Alexis and J.R. Ewing got away with a mm-hmm. lot, they really weren't murderers. They were just, you know, yeah. sleazy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, but, I'm um, a Walking Dead fan and things like that. Oh, and, yeah. And it's not because of the zombies. I just like the psychological approach of, yes. you know, faced with the dilemma to survive, at what cost will you? At oh yes will you survive you know will you lose your soul will you lose your integrity you know mm-hmm. will you lose yourself along the way you know um yeah and it's where where's where is that stand where is that border and i love you know the the psychological aspect that's why i like a really good whodunit and of course the british do wonderful murder mysteries oh you know which i love you know i love the british do it the best they do british do do it the best yeah the endeavor shows that have been on and you know endeavor yes i love that oh yes better than actually the morse you know the later ones the endeavor was even better but it's when you kind of think i've got it that piece goes there Mm -mm. (laughs) a surprise comes up somewhere else altogether and i just love that because it keeps you engaged Mm -hmm. and it's like a good book when you put it down or you've switched to show off if it still sits with you and you're still thinking yeah. about it then you know it really got you it really has has you engaged and that's what I like if I've forgotten what I watched last night then it was just mindless tv in one end and out the other yeah. but if I've watched something that's really got me and that's been intriguing and where is it going to go now I love that so I definitely no i we my local channel is pbs kpbs mm, yeah, and definitely i do watch there's there's quite a few that i do watch yeah and they, they definitely they definitely are fun and the the detectives are fun yes. they're not superhuman but They've all, they've all got flaws they've all got flaws yeah but they're still delightful yes yes <laughs> and um you know you, you just you can't help but like them um and as you say like the villain like in the walking dead negan 
you know, mm -hmm. ultimate villain who who now is kind of turned the other way, you know, the other side, and you don't know, is he going to go back mm -hmm. to the villainry? Is that done now? You know, you know, uh, what made him go into the villain, which they did do an episode on that. And it's like, what makes a villain? You know, what makes somebody a killer? Because you don't grow up and go, I'm going to be a killer one day, right? So, you know, how did this death come about that caused all this chaos? Yeah. I have to I tell you this. I don't know you, if you've heard of Universal Studios. Yes. At Halloween, they will have some Halloween event. I'm giving a plug to Universal Studios here. <laughs> and I don't know if they still do it because it's been a few years since I've been, but it was <laughs> the Walking Dead theme. Okay. Now, the actors who walk around as zombies are not allowed to touch you, mm -hmm. but they can get close to you and they can scare you. And I must have this thing on me that says scare easily because <laughs> I go with friends and they laugh. I will be surrounded by them. Nobody bothers my friends, but they said, Susan, you, you know, you start, or Renee, <laughs> you start, you know, and I do. And the I'm radar. Like, oh, thank you. I do. I do. I, and I know they're actors dressed up, but yes. I am such a target for yeah. them. The cynicism, right? The cynicism. You know, oh, and yeah. we've seen they do a good movies. job. You would probably yeah. enjoy it. I probably would, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the thing is that, again, we've seen enough movies where they may look like just the actor, but they turn out to be the killer. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I think we walk through life are you a killer? Are you a killer? Are you a killer? Right? And we've, we've got to that state in many ways. And with so much violence on the rise at the present moment, oh. you never know where it's going to come out. Um, um, but, it, you know, there's been many a book and a show done on the reveal some years later. You know, I love the cold case type shows, oh. you know, Unforgotten and a few others um, of how they can peel back the layers even decades uh, and find the thread that starts revealing what happened mm -hmm. to this person, who is this person, you know, and all those people think that they got away with it for so many years later. And, uh, and here the thread is being pulled and you just start to see it unravel. Especially with new forensic ability. Yes, yes. <gasps> Oh, I think yeah. I think people who must have committed a murder in like the 70s and didn't think about their DNA being right left behind. Right. They, a lot of them have got to be sweating bullets. Yes. Yes. Fingerprints yeah. all very well. But yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know, the hair and anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it's but that's what's so intriguing. That's part of the unraveling. And, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, as you said, the puzzle you know, coming together. So when you've got a really good whodunit and mm -hmm. it's, the whodunit has always got to be, why did they do it? And why yes. did they do it to that person? And why would they cover it up? So it's not just about the who, it's the why's in there. You know, oh, motivation is, yeah. is very, I almost feel um, cheated if there really isn't revealed yeah. Yeah. Why? And it doesn't always have to be a good reason because people make stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, definitely the why is very, to me, is very important. Yeah. And there has to be a reason why. Otherwise, it's mindless. Yes. You know, um, the, the Bone Collector was on TV again the other night, which is a, another great movie. Mm -hmm. Denzel Washington and um, Angina Jolie, one of her early ones. And, you know, it's, again, that intrigue. You, you never really see the killer. 
you just see what he leaves behind and the cynicism of it. And one of um, Steven Spielberg's first movies, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it, it basically it was just a truck chasing this one guy, Dan, Dennis Weaver. And uh, he was a traveling salesman. And of course, he, I've heard of it. Yes. And it and it's uh, you never see the driver. Mm-hmm. And this truck driver is chasing him and running him off the road and everything. And, and basically, it's just them. It's just them throughout the whole movie. The tension is Hitchcock tension mm-hmm. so completely all the way. And I was in South Africa uh, at that time and I was driving a Triumph spitfire and i was stuck between two truck drivers i know had seen the movie and they kept me there for nearly an hour between them and not letting me overtake them it was oh. so scary because you've got this hunk of metal with no face right and yeah. here you are this vulnerable thing they could squish or squash you anytime this is good artistry isn't it when you you know you don't know the villain or you know the villain and you think it can never be them you know, in L.A. Confidential, oh. the, the main guy there, he'd just done Babe, the piglet movie, you know, uh, oh. and where he was a farmer, a beautiful, simple farmer. And now he's on L.A. Confidential and he ends up being the murderer. Oh, that you know? was a good and one. And it's that... like, oh, no, not him. <laughs> he's yeah. the nice farmer. <laughs> but you know what, what I love about that is I know Kevin Spacey's controversial now. But anyway, Kevin Spacey did do a good job. Yes. And I note, spoiler alert, when Kevin Spacey gets shot and he knows he's done for, yeah. but he manages to throw out a clue in yeah. his dying moments. I just thought that was brilliant. And I think if you are, yeah. though you're dying, you know, now yeah. you grab your cell phone. Uh, you're gonna, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it, it, you see people write things in blood or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever way you can leave a clue, leave a clue, you know, leave mm-hmm. something for them to go on. Because, I mean, today we see so many random killings. We, you know, they're just gang related or just people obliterating people for, for no reason. And there's no sense in it, which is, is just cruel. Mm. But when you see that there is, and this is, you know, this is, of course, the, the Sherlock Holmes, uh, Benedict, uh, oh God, he's the best oh, come be, ever. Come oh. be. Yeah, he's the be- wonderful. Uh, uh, his villain, Moriarty, the best villain ever. He was just mm. juicy, absolutely. Um, but the way he deduced things by being able, the way he's been able to see things. And, you know, when we look at a lot of people today and we see the gifts they have, very often they're on the autistic level, on that yes. spectrum. Because of that ability to see detail that we normally just glance over. That is becoming more and more prominent and more known. And I would say a big change between the 70s and now is a better understanding of things like autism. In all honesty, in fact, a friend and I were talking about this the other day. We had never heard the term Asperger's syndrome Mm -hmm. Maybe it was like five, six years ago. Yeah. And now we're finding these geniuses, these artists, these very successful um, people are coming out saying they've been diagnosed with it. And, you know, there's just, um, it's amazing in so many ways we're making such progress in understanding the human side. And in some ways we're still having random murders and road rage. So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had on last week, actually, a young lady um, who, is, uh, who has autism, 
and I've interviewed both her and her mother and, you know, I'm raising her. She has a degree in, um, in, in computer graphics and she's just written her second book. Yeah. Right? And, you know, but- when I was growing up, pretty much autism was viewed as, well, very negatively. Brain damage. It, it, it was. <clears throat> yeah. And yet, again, we're seeing people becoming very successful. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same as what has opened the door, which I know is off topic to the book, but what um, COVID has done most certainly is there's been more depression on the rise and you're seeing more and more successful stars and princes mm-hmm. step forward and say, yes, I suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. I've gone down the rabbit hole. I know what it's like. And, you know, the more and more we're, open up the door to these conversations without the stigma on it you know the less and less you're going to see people withhold secrets yes because there is more permission to be vulnerable and to speak without scrutiny without blame Mm. without shame or without losing your job or without losing a relationship or being ostracized yeah yes um a huge thing that i'm seeing is so different because you and I, we remember the 80s when AIDS came out. Oh, God. And yeah. the stigma. Yes. And now the, the commercials that will say, I'm more than my HIV. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. But mm-hmm. I could have told you in 1985, if you had told me there'd be commercials like that, yeah. I would have said, nah. Yeah. I mean, but the idea of recognizing an illness, researching it, finding a way to manage it and then not villainize yes. the people who get it. I mean, we, in many ways, I, I tend to be a positive. I always look for the glass full person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always full of something, whether it's yeah. air, water or whatever. Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I find that amazing, mm. you know, and you know, the, the success with that. And so definitely if we can stop, stigmatizing if we could stop ostracizing if we could stop making people feel bad because of things and and allow them to say yeah i have depression yes i have hiv yes i have epilepsy yes i have autism but i'm more than that i am a person definitely you know it, it also goes to the subject of of rape and abuse yeah. And how many people do not go to the police because they have hadn't, haven't had a tra- good track record of A, believing or B, protecting or mm-hmm. honoring that person's trauma, you know, of the victimization, yeah. slowly changing now in, in a you way. Might, you might be with me, like when all these actresses came out against mm-hmm. like Harvey and the others, yeah. and you would see comments on the internet, well, why didn't they go to the police? Well, mm-hmm. I, per- I totally understand why they did yes. it. Yes. Uh, that's not surprising to me that they didn't. And it's a shame they didn't. And it's definitely a shame why they didn't. Yeah. But it's, I understand why. And I understand why they're coming out now because they're not going to have tomatoes thrown at them now. Right, right. They now can be, ta- can be heard 
and have that support system around them. And you need that. Yes. I mean, yeah. we're always 20 years later and it doesn't matter when it is. You never yeah. forget being victimized ever. It always stays with you. Even if you mm. deal with it, it's always there. It is always going to affect your trust in another relationship. And the fact that we treat people so badly, it's almost like raping them again yes. emotionally. And it's um, so many things have to stop. And you, but, you know, you look at your case set in the 70s, 70s policing, you know, it oh, was... Yeah. Clint Eastwood, make my day, you know, uh, which we loved all those shows, you know, they Did were all know? great, but playing Misty for me was a better one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jessica Walters, uh, rest in peace. She yes, was fabulous. Yes. You know, but at least Clint Eastwood, now it's been years since I've seen it, but so correct me if I'm wrong, but at least Harry was somewhat moral. Like yeah. he wanted to get the bad guy, but there were cases where, it was a free for all for for the yeah. police department. Yes. You know, there was, yeah, whatever benefits me. Yes, exactly. Which, yeah, it was corrupt. Which is still on the line today. Yes, change is needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that comes to another thing of, you know, why people don't come up and confess anything because there's something about the uniform. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a quick closing of a case and you come up and say you say something instead of saying I saw something it's now you're you are possibly the culprit and they'll pin something on you because they want to close the case and so you can understand why people don't go to the police now and back then because they don't feel a they'll be heard or b they're going to be um you know the easy way out you know Mm -hmm. there is that trust factor and so a lot has to be done on that arena doesn't it Oh, definitely. Definitely. You're going to be writing this in another 20 years about the same thing because it hasn't been resolved. (laughs) No, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately. So I know in a lot of these police shows that I found it, it's almost like if you found the body. Mm. Yes. You know, you got to do the right thing and call it in. But, you know, now you're going to be a suspect, at least for part of the time. Oh, if you try to help someone, you've got blood on you. Oh, they have blood on them. They're guilty. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it, yeah. it definitely. But at the same time, I would still do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you do understand people who don't because yeah. the the repercussions, especially if they're a person of color, they must have done yeah. it. Oh, right. So. Oh, de- oh, definitely. Definitely. So the secret mm. that comes out of did they witness it did they know who did it or is this something you can't tell well let's just i don't know if i want to give it give it (laughs) all away but um one of the characters as i said there's four women one becomes a person of interest and goes missing Mm. and then another one knows a lot more the other two i will say this are oblivious they know there's the death they know their friend and roommate is a person of interest and has gone missing. And so that that's it. But the other one knows a lot more. She knows why, but then there's a lot of things she still doesn't know over the years. Right. 
So, right. and of course, yeah. if a friend goes missing, it's like, well, is that to do with that? Yes. Could I even come forward now or am I laying myself open? Mm-hmm. Right. So, And then what adds to the fun is as they're getting ready for the 20 year reunion, somebody comes into their life who makes hints that he knows things. Mm. And it's like, okay, who is this person? How does he know? Why does he know? What does he want? Yes. You know, what is what kind of Tackles games is he playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of games is he playing? Yeah. So it's it's definitely, but um, yeah, one of the characters definitely knows a lot more. And she doesn't quite understand everybody's reasoning for their behavior. And she's trying, to her credit, she is trying to do the right thing. She is holding on to the secrets as a favor, but also for her own selfish reasons, too. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the end, she does the right thing. Truth will will prevail, yes. right? In the end, yes. it has to come out, however long it takes. Yes. Um, you know, I think when you kind of fall in love with the characters, good or bad. Oh, yeah. You know, then then it's like you're rooting for them and you, you want them to go and tell, but at the same time, it's, but I don't want them to come back on her uh, for it. And, you know, you, again, as I said, if you can close a book and you really feel those characters or you relate to them or you, you know, you, my mum was an actress and there was, oh, fun. and I used to kind of play the other roles for her when she's learning her lines, but I was a little girl watching her in a play and she had to choose between her husband and her lover, the poet. And apparently I shouted from, from the bleachers, go with the poets. (laughs) 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 So, you know, it's, but it is the, you want to fall in love with the characters, whether you like them or not. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to kind of be rooting for them, whichever way, even if they're the bad guy and you want the trouble is with a lot of these shows, they bring a bad guy and they shoot him immediately. There's no character building. There's no the reason why they've done what they've done. You know, the you like the shows where the villain comes up and you kind of know who they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, you kind of, why is he like this? What's driven him to it? And, you know, the, the things come and they reveal more because you want to be engaged with it. And your characters are these women who know mm-hmm. too much. Should they reveal it? One's gone missing. Now we're in the midst yeah. of chaos, the conflict of emotion, the conflict of guilt mm-hmm. and the conflict of what should I do? Yeah. No, I had a reader who um, commented on the main character and she did like the book. I, I'll start off with that. But she said if she had a little bit of conflict because she said overall, she didn't like the lead character because the character is self-absorbed. She's very all about me. And she doesn't normally like people like that in real life. But she said what was fun was you normally don't get a person like that in a leading role. Right. You don't get a person like that. Yeah. looking for the truth. And so she found that a lot of fun. So, um, but it, it, it's definitely, but I have to say the other characters are definitely more likable. Um, Tasha, the lead one, was designed to be, well, she's an, she's an actress. Mm-hmm. She becomes an actress. She's very, you know, she she's very impressed with herself. Right. <laughs> she's vulnerable, but she's very impressed with herself. Um, and, but at the same time, she does have a good heart, but she also, 
I won't say she also follows her heart, but she also follows her emotions. As somebody says, she's the type that can look you in the eye, swear she's never even been with your boyfriend and he's sneaking out the bat. Yes. I mean, yeah. But she doesn't mean to hurt you, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, if they can, the villain that you, you is she a villain or is she not a villain? You yeah, know, like, did she deserve this? But at the same time, she's the victim, you know, yeah. or is she the victim or is she the villain? You know, yeah, that's, that's what you want through the book. You want something like each page to be revealing more and more and more, mm-hmm. so you get immersed into the characters, and then when it all is revealed. It is like, ah, now I understand, you know, the why they did this and they did that and and why they are the way they are. And I think we're always looking. I know I am. I'm always looking at why people become what they are, who they are, the way they are. And if you peel back those onions, it's always something that's happened in the past that maybe they haven't dealt with. They haven't... um, come face to face with, they haven't gone through the process with, or it's something that they've gone through that's molded them into who they are today. So I love I think sometimes their childhood and their um, community, I know in my book, um, you know, the four women are randomly assigned as roommates. And I purposely had a class system, two of them come from well to do families, this is a private university, the family can pay for them. And the two others are scholarship students. One was raised by a single mom. She's the product of a rape. And they all are wonderful women, but they bring a different perception to life. And sometimes there's a little conflict of, well, you know, the two girls who come from a nice home think nothing of going out and buying this where the other two really have to watch their budget that maybe these two aren't sensitive to at the moment. And, you know, so there is a a little bit of how they pursue the life uh, or how one is more into, I think if you've always had a charmed life, you're not always aware that there's a need for more social justice. Right. It's not because you're a bad person. It's just not in your world. Everybody, everybody got along. Everybody had everything they need. What's the problem? You know, whereas if you grew up and there were, and you knew uh, people being denied, you knew people in poverty, you knew about police brutality, you're going to view the world a little differently. Yes, especially if you were part of it, part of that brutality, um, that persecution. Yes. And I think that's kind of what we're asking people to do, you know, rich, poor or whatever, take off the blinkers. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, yes, a color shouldn't matter. It should never come into play when it comes to a job or anything else in, in the world. But at the same time, if we respect each other's culture, and understand what molded that culture will understand why that culture is the way it is Mm. um we don't have a lot of patience with other people because we're always feeling they should be well if i could do it you can oh i i I, and i i have to admit i i i have that guilt too i mean i i tend to sometimes have to remind myself about that but i can honestly well i did this and So um, I find this a lot. um, I think uh, one way that is like is a trigger for me 
is I have some friends, I love them dearly, who can keep weight off. And sometimes mm -hmm. I find their unsympathetic attitude toward overweight people. And again, I know you're funny, but I mean, but, you know, and I try to point that out to them and well, it's not that hard. Well, mm. You're science, not in their shoes. You're not in yeah. their body. And You're science, not in their life. Yeah. And science has coming out yeah. that it's different for everybody. Right. It's not, there's um, a lot of, and so I do find that, and I'm sure there's ways where I think, well, I could do this. Why can't everybody else? Right. And, and so, and then I know I had a, a friend, you know, we uh, took dance classes and she commented on another friend of ours who was a lovely person, but never became a great dancer. And she kept saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I said, listen, she was only born with so much talent. Sure, she's working hard. She's never going to be great. Doesn't make her a bad person. No, she, she could be dancing just for her own pleasure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But my friend couldn't quite get why she couldn't be better. Mm -hmm. And I thought nagging at her isn't going to oh, help yeah. you know but yeah you are able to get better she's reached her peak i can tell you know but, but it also maybe not yeah her be all or her end all you know yes, exactly it, it's yeah. you know it's 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 her her pleasure to dance it's expression to dance but mm -hmm. you know she knows she's not going to be the lead in anything so you know again it's like what do we want out of life and if you're yeah. wanting to be front and center all the time it's your ego that wants to be there mm -hmm. and does your talent match your ego right yes so ah my goodness there's so much to talk about here um that, you know, I always say I do these shows because inspiration begets invitation. Oh, God. Uh, because when we're inspired by somebody, we're invited to look at our own talents, our own skills. Um, I say everybody is an instrument. You know, we discover what it is. We learn to play it and we bring it to the orchestra of life. Oh, I like that. And we play a symphony that resonates out an invitation to others. But just because you play one instrument well doesn't mean you have to play all of the instruments well. Mm -hmm. Or that you're going to be the soloist in the orchestra. You know, you might just be that triangle, but it's exceptionally important in the music. It, it is. It's important. Yes. So it's like, don't compare because that comparison is, mm. is always demoralizing. It always pulls people down, you know, apples and oranges. They're both fruit. Yes. I may feel like an apple today and an orange tomorrow. Who cares? Right. And it's like this compare, compare. No, it is about understanding why someone is doing it. And if they're doing it for their own pleasure or this is their instrument and this is the level mm. they're meant to be playing at. They're a part of that orchestra. They're what make it a whole. And so yes. we could look at each other's ingredient in the dish and uh, it doesn't have to be a main lead. Some people are born like the, your character is an actress. They're born to yes. be the leader. Right. Um, this is why you always have leadership because we're all leaders in our own lives, but that we're not all born to be leaders of others. Oh, it, it wouldn't work. No. If, if we, if, you know, we definitely have all leaders to be too much um, conflict. Chaos. Yeah, chaos. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, 
<laughs> Too many oh, cooks it, in the kitchen, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I remember one time at a big family reunion and we were at a park and it was getting confusing and stuff. And this is typical of my dad. He stood up on a bench and just hollered out something about there's only one leader and it was him. <laughs> and he began to bark orders. And you know what? It finally worked because <laughs> there was like 20 of us. And it finally worked. Somebody just had to. Yeah. They yeah. had to, they had to, well, that's, that's taking yeah. leadership over a situation. Yes. Right. And I'm going to, my, my ex used to call me a director. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, because, you know, that I've, but I said, but you don't take the initiative and somebody has to. Oh. Otherwise, we're just going to be stagnant. And so, you know, some people get imposed with the leadership role, whether they want it or not. And some people are just born leaders. It's just the way it is. But having a, a villain that's a leader or a character that is the main character that is unraveling everything, you mm -hmm. know, we, we want to be immersed in the characters. We want, the, we want to root for them or we want to, you know, it's them, you know, the villain. Uh, I don't know if you ever, in England, we used to have these pantomimes. And you knew who the villain was and the behiding oh. and the kids were shouting over there. You know? <laughs> and it's kind of in the book as you think, oh, it's them. It's them. Definitely them. And then, you know, as it goes on, you go, oh, oh, OK, I guess I was wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> and you want that because you want the intriguement. You want something that keeps you engaged. You want those characters to really live with you. And then afterwards, you want to be able to say to someone, you've got to read this book. Yes which is the important thing, the biggest compliment. Uh, my brother is an author. He's been writing virtually all his life. Um, the one thing he absolutely hates is all the social media and all that stuff that he has to do. Um, but, and that's part and parcel of it, of being an author today, isn't it? It isn't just handing yes. it to the publisher, signing in a couple of bookstores. There's all the other stuff. So for people who kind of think, I've got a book in me, I've got a novel in me, what advice would you give them? that they need for, you know, the, the beginning, the middle and the end and the after. Well, first of all, and I hate to borrow from a Nike ad, but just do it. Yes. Sit down. First of all, you got to get it out and just make the time, whether it's pencil on one of those, you know, yellow pads. I'm a computer person myself. Me too. Me too. Just get it out there. And then something I did, and I highly recommend it, I went ahead and put out the money and I had some people read it there. It's very easy to get editors out there. Yeah. And I am so glad because they found flaws, mm. not just misspelling and poor grammar. They found little mistakes because when you're writing over a period of time, yeah. you might forget this. I use the example and, and I do not know how I missed this, but I had a character age eight years in a 10 year period <laughs> because they were at this age, this chapter. And then yeah. many chapters later, they were when it was supposed to be 10 years later, they were only eight years older. And I don't know how I missed that, but I am so glad somebody found that. Yeah. Yeah. And the objective, don't you? Yeah, it, it definitely. And these were total strangers. So they weren't cousins, friends, mm -hmm. lovers, anybody that, you know, wanted to be nice. They were, and so I would say, you know, do that. And then I'm a self-published person. You can go the traditional way. 
I have found, I did a lot of research. I belong to message boards and I have found self-publishing is not, doesn't have the stigma that it used no, to have. No. And I found it's quicker. Oh God. Yes. Is it? It's a lot quicker. Yeah. And so definitely. And then thank God there are so many wonderful people out there. And then once I got it published, okay, now it's on Amazon. What do I do? There are people who will help you, who will talk to you about marketing because I was not a marketing expert. And some of the advice I got was spectacular. You know, on, or some of the people said, you know, this is who you should contact. This is how to get it out there. And so I would say first get it done, get it reviewed before you publish it. You know, get it. And I say by more than one person. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, I went ahead and had three. And the first time somebody made a comment, I thought that's their problem. <laughs> the second time somebody made the same comment. Yeah. Hmm. And by the third time I went, I need to address this. You know, I need to change this. It's obviously a, a problem in the story. Right. You know, and I feel that my book is better because of their yes. comments. So I would say just do it, get it reviewed by people, you, somebody that can be objective and then find out, find out, get it published and then find people to help you with marketing. Yes. There's so much good advice out there. There are people who will review your book, good or bad. And I've been lucky. I've had good reviews. But I have been told even bad reviews are not a bad thing. Right. You know, that sounds weird. And it makes sense because I have loved movies that have gotten bad reviews. Yes, because it's yeah. somebody else's perspective, you know, just yeah. mean it's everybody's. Um, but, you know, the other thing, get, get yourself a good publicist that's really mm -hmm. knows how to work authors and be willing to do the podcasts. Because exactly. You know, I've I'm, been doing interviews and I wouldn't have not know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and so it, it's fun. And it's, it also, um, I had a good, I knew I had a good story, but my publicist asked me some hard questions and I really had to think, and that helped me like, who's my audience? Yes. What do I want them to get out of that? And I thought, okay, I really have to think about that. And so not only did it help me with my book, but I'm writing a second one now and I'm much more focused yeah. on what I'm doing now. And yeah. so I def definitely, I think if I've had hit and miss with writing classes, mm -hmm. I think they can be good. The last one I took, I, I didn't feel I got a lot out of, but I think they can be good, but I you got to find the right one. You have yeah. to find the right one. Yeah. And I'm trying to also um, in San Diego get together, like have monthly meetings with other writers, like mm -hmm. small ones where we can just bounce ideas off and share ideas because not only are we bouncing ideas off, but I get inspired and I go, yes. it's like, it's just like working out or something. Yes. You know, there's days you feel like it and there's days you don't. And so, mm. you know, cre I think creativity begets creativity. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. You, you want to know your why of your story. 
right mm -hmm. and even kind of somewhat of an ending of the way it's going to be but some people write where the characters come alive as they write them and mm -hmm. kind of almost write themselves and some people know exactly who their characters are and and can you know really bring them and unravel but i think i know for me it would be in the allowing like whenever i write an article or a blog i may start off with a thought the t fingers are on the typewriter and blah, 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 blah. And, and then it's, you know, it's spilled out. Then you can go and correct it. You can go and organize it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's kind of allowed the flow. And the more and more you're immersed in the characters of the book, the more and more they're going to come out. We have lots of little quirks from your past, mm -hmm. from yourself, from people you know, you know, and, oh, I met that character once. Oh, they'll be really good in the book, right? And oh, it's definitely. Not, not using names. It's just using the personas. And that's it can be extremely exciting but there is a certain amount of discipline you have to have too isn't there oh definitely you know de definitely and sometimes the muse is with you and sometimes mm. she's not and but i found even when the muse is not with me she's taking a break somewhere <laughs> i will still type and i will acknowledge to myself this is not great but at least I'm getting ideas down on paper yeah. that when the muse decides to show up with her cup of tea or say, <laughs> okay, let's get going. I've already had the foundation. I yeah. can build from that. Right. Right. Yeah. And the beauty of being able to do it on the computer is you can always go back, cut and paste, remove and inject <laughs> something else. Right. So. Oh, in all honesty, I don't know how people still do this, but I know people who do. And if yes. that's, that was, works for you, uh, you know, I'm left-handed. Mm -hmm. And so I've never had good handwriting and I get yeah. writer's cramps yeah. very easily. Um, and then when I was in college and you know, those blue book exams where, you, first of all, I would sit, there was never a left-handed desk. So I would sit next to an empty desk and write on that desk my hand would be blue mm. because it went over the ink. So I guess for that reason, I just don't, unless I'm someplace and I don't have a computer, I will, you know, write. But for the most part, the computer yeah, and and hit save often. I've made that mistake. Yes, yes. Hit save often. Or have it that in the word that it does save as you go. You yes, can set yes. that up as well, which is important. Yes. I have dyslexia, so my writing is a scroll, and uh, then I will get things out of sorts, and it becomes frustrating. So this is what mm -hmm. I like. I became more creative when I could get on the computer because I could see it and I could adjust it and I didn't feel frustrated that I've just written all of this and I can't make sense of it. So, mm -hmm. you know, with the computer, I could. So you have to know your forte. I know some people swear by the, you know, the pen and the paper. If that's your process, it's great, but there is no yeah. one process that fits all. So definitely sometimes in, I do a show every week myself just on me Sarah's view of life um, my perspective so sometimes I'll do an audio first and then write the blog and sometimes write the blog and then do the audio and it really is press record and see what comes out <laughs> you know? <laughs> because you know I, you know just oh I'm, I'm going to address that and um, let it come out let it yeah. be organic and that's that's me everything about it and you've got to go my brother's very disciplined He's just releasing his new book. He will spend hours every day, you know, writing and build character building. He'll even go to places that he's going to set them up in. Um, and he's, you know, very, very detailed um, author. Uh, but if it's not your style, it's not your style. 
and it, you know, it comes down to your results. And there's always plenty of people one can draw from in life. For oh, definitely. One's own experiences, right? Definitely. But, and I understand, I, um, you know, in my book, all the places I have actually been to, mm -hmm. and I have actually revisited while writing, mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure I had it somewhat correct. Yes. Um, I didn't want... Well, an exa example, I remember once with friends watching one of the Dirty Harry movies, mm -hmm. speaking of Clint Eastwood, and there's that famous, is it Lombard Street, that famous street in San Francisco that's really steep? I don't know. I've not been there. Okay, but anyway, there's a chase scene, mm -hmm. and, we're, and it's going down, and all of a sudden, a car comes and crashes, and we all said the same thing. It's a one-way street. <laughs> we all knew that in California. Now, somebody in Missouri right. might not know that, but it bugged us. And I thought, yes. I don't want somebody reading. I mean, it's fiction. We, we take liberties to begin with, but I don't want somebody to say, that plant doesn't grow in California. You know, yeah. yeah. I, because they yeah. get hung up on a detail and they lose track of the story. And then it loses credibility mm -hmm. it or it takes them out of it. Yeah. If you're going yeah. to use a fict fictional place all the way through, then that's totally different. Mm -hmm. But if you are going to, you know, hit on a place, just make sure that the, those facts do match. Because um, I used to do continuity in movies and, and oh, now yeah. I, when I watch it, you know, I can see, uh-uh, hairstyle is different. Um, yes. I didn't wear that. The collar was up. Now it's down. And I get caught on that now because I used to do that. And it's amazing how many times you, you will find that even in these big budget movies that you yes. think it wouldn't be. But, you know, it does happen and it can throw us off. It can as the audience. So, yeah, the, those small little details are setting the stage for your characters. And so you don't want people to go, but hang on, <laughs> that stage yes. is wrong. So, yeah, very important. So you've got the bug now and you're oh, on the definitely, second book. Definitely. Is the second book another whodunit or what's this book? Oh, yes. Yes. I think I will probably stay with the cozy mysteries. It's my favorite genre. Yeah. Um, and again, it's fun creating characters that aren't, spoiler alert, they're not in the police business. Yes. But they find themselves... <laughs> Yeah. You know, in another murder situation right. and darn if it's not up to them to get it solved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, again, it's fun. The observation people make, um, you know, there's a famous um, Dateline one where it was a neighbor who just something to do with bananas, mm -hmm. who kind of went, uh, uh, that person. I mean, she pretty much solved the murder right. just because she paid mm -hmm. attention to a casual conversation and then thought of other conversations and put two plus two plus two mm -hmm. equals six. I love things like yes. that. Yeah. 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 So when is the next book coming out? You know, my goal is that the first draft has been written. The first draft. And I am what I consider myself a three draft person, even doing essays in college. It's my first draft. I think I will go start, you know, next week going through the second draft, going, start making changes. I already know some of the things I need to do. Then I'll probably follow my own advice 
get it read Mm -hmm. and then get their feedback. This one, um, unlike the first one, I do plan on visiting the ladies in Death by Chaos again, but that wasn't my intention. It was just going to be just one book. Mm-hmm. But um, this new one, the lead character is Bridget, and I plan on a series with her. Right. And she's has some delightful friends that are based on people I know. Mm-hmm. They're they're based. I'm I'm making changes. They're going to be exaggerated, so nobody gets upset. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and so yeah, definitely, she's going to find herself in situations. I plan on having her as an event planner, which will put her in multiple situations mm. where something can go wrong. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, can they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Because you know, you know, she's got to be where you know the murder happens so, exactly. or, or the death happens yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope you come back and share that book. Oh, with I us. I would love to. Yeah. Um. You know, I haven't. I've been nagged at. To, to write my book it's not fiction but you know, it's like the time to do it yes and you, know, you do have to carve out some time and just do it even mm-hmm. if you just even if as you said just get that first draft down don't worry about how perfect it is or anything get the ideas down yes the characters down and then you go back and refine it and adjust it and develop it more but you just get it down right don't leave it up in the head the second draft, the first draft for me is the hardest. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely, each draft gets a little easier, especially if you have saved it on the computer. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, no, it, it is. And uh, I, I would say actually add to that too, because it's important to you. Either back it up into the cloud or yes. put it onto an external hard drive. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yes. It's hard to recreate recreate from scratch. You know, it's so frustrating. It is, definitely. So, this is great. Well done and congratulations on your first book. You you know, and set in the 70s, groovy time, far out, man. You know, oh, yes. It was a great era. It really was. I'm glad to have been a part of it before the cell phones, you know, before all of that. Even computers were just really beginning to find their foot. So, we really got out and and lived and and participated in life. We made life what it was. Oh, definitely. uh, So, a lot of fun. when you do look back at the 70s movies and and you look at Kat, what they had to drive down the road to try and find a, a phone box yes <laughs> the, there was no computer to send an email they had to send a letter mm-hmm. you know i could go into the police station and say something so yeah you know before technology came along um you know things were deduced in a totally different way but that's what makes it more exciting i think so definitely Thank you so much for sharing here today. How do people get hold of you and your site and where do they buy the book? Well, um, they can reach me. My email is Renee West, W, excuse me, R-E-N-A-I-I-W-E-S-T at gmail.com if they have any questions or comments. I do have a website, ReneeWest.com. And um, again, R-E-N-A-I-I-W-E-S-T. I have a Facebook page 
and Renee West author. That's all one, you know how Facebook is. That's all one big word. And on both my website and my Facebook page, I do have blogs. I do post ideas. I do post upcoming events and whatnot. I do post my past interviews. And then also um, my book can also, I'm on Twitter, mm-hmm. w, Renee W, R-E-N-A-I-W. And then of course, you can buy my book on Amazon. Either look it up by Renee West or Death by Chaos. And I'm happy that if I write, type in Death by Chaos, because you know how it is. I check every day. Yeah. <laughs> of course you have to. I check every day just to make sure. It's your baby. And it pops up. You <laughs> yeah. know, that I just, you know, because Amazon has so many things. Sometimes it gets buried, yes. but no, it still pops up. Right. So death by chaos. And it does, I'm going to plug it. It does look like this. And so, and I've been asked this. No, that's not me. <laughs> but maybe I did like her because that's one thing when you do um, publish a book, you can get somebody to help write yes. the, um, create the cover. And maybe that's why I was drawn to her, but no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's the sexy guy. Let's see, where is he? That shows up on the motorcycle. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, Something yeah. about that. But on a, you know, on Amazon. Right. And you can buy both Kindle or soft cover. Excellent. Well, congratulations on your first novel. I look forward to having you back on the second one. Um, you know, it's it's wonderful to kind of take these characters and put them down on the page and and for someone to read it and just kind of be transformed into another place and leave food for thought. I always love the food for thought and the conversation, yes. which is really, really important. So thank you for coming and sharing with us. Oh, and here thank today. you. And I hope to be back. And please um, keep me posted when you get your book done. Uh, yes <laughs> you gotta do it i know i'm gonna nag you i know it's it's the just i do anything from six to eight shows a week so it's purely timing yes um, we so. understand oh but i can tell you've got some stories to tell i do i do oh <laughs> it's like where do i start <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always running in my head you know, yes. and, and I know there'll be a time where it says, like the head says, I, it can't stay here anymore. It's got to go down. Yes. So, and then it will come out. But yeah. So, yes, it's there waiting. <laughs> well, I can't wait. I can't wait. So go out and get the book, folks. Death by Chaos. Rene Double Eyes West on Amazon. Rene Double I West.com and check out what she's doing and we'll have her back for the next book uh, of intrigue and murder mystery and there's so much in a good murder mystery and a good whodunit in the character building that really makes us stop and think about you know I know somebody like that or oh god that's me how did she know <laughs> so mm-hmm. please read folks it takes you to a different place altogether so thanks very much Rene And thank you. It's nice meeting you. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.